You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams, I'm Dave Griffiths. And boy, we have a doozy of a game to talk about a little bit to break down from last week. I thought we were doing Colts, or we're not doing Colts. Oh, oh yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, three three weeks in a row now, the Colts have given up uh, 37, 39, 38 points. As you would imagine, they have lost all three of those games. Although and they, they shouldn't close. have. No, exactly. You're, right. You're completely right. They should not, they should not have. Um, as for this last week's uh, game against the Saints... Um, the 38-27 result drops into 3-5 and five on the season. They were winning 17-7. to seven. So when I stepped in front of all you all last week on the, po- on the podcast, and I said, you know what, I feel good about this week. I felt pretty good at that time there in the second quarter as the Colts held a 17-7 to seven lead. And Jonathan Taylor had run for 80-something yards in the 82, first quarter. 7 for 82. It's in, burned in my mind. In the first quarter there. It's, it's like 27-7. and seven. It's like hey, those he's numbers on, that He's just, on pace for 300 and whatever. Well, not really. Uh, and then... <laughs> And then uh, there were some decisions made that uh, changed up some strategies. And uh, anyway, here, here we are with the, with the Colts losing another game to the Saints. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot to break down this. I think the Jonathan Taylor uh, issue is relevant. And I think um, on the other side of the ball, where they are at cornerback is, uh, is relevant, too. Those are probably the two biggest, uh, biggest takeaways, I think, from this game. That, like, Chap, it wasn't what we saw in the previous two losses, that turnovers put the offense or put the defenses in bad positions and allowed opposing offenses <coughs> to rack up the points. It was the Saints figured out that they had to pick on one cornerback. And by some strange twist of fate, it's not the seventh-round rookie that they're picking on. Or Kenny starting. Moore. Or, well, obviously, it's not Kenny Moore. Yeah, you're certainly not him. But but it just seems weird that you have a seventh-round rookie starting at cornerback, and he's not the guy that the other team is picking on. The, the Saints just went after Tony Brown over and over and over again, and it yielded points after points. It, it's just, again, we, we talked about this last week. We sat here in June about why isn't there a – a veteran, I'm not saying go out and pay $10 million for a, for a veteran corner, but get somebody who's played the position they didn't after, uh, primarily after Isaiah Rogers' uh, suspension because they knew. I mean, they, they traded Stephon Gilmore, and then they didn't re-sign Brandon Fashon. But the, 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 the deal with Isaiah Rogers was a curveball that they really didn't – I don't care what people say. They did not know that was coming. They right. didn't. Uh, but they've done they've done virtually nothing significant, even insignificant, to to deal with it. And we talked to Gus Bradley on Tuesday, and you you could see his his exasperation. He said, "Well, we sort of knew what DJ could do, Daryl Baker, you know, from Cleveland, and and before because he got benched, you know, after two games before. So essentially, we wanted to see what." Uh, Tony Brown could do. That's a discussion you have going into your first preseason game, not your eighth regular season game. It was a uh, it was if it was exasperating for uh, for the defensive coordinator, it was exasperating for the entire fan base out there, Matt, to, to see it over and over and over again, just the same thing, and really nothing being done to change it. Um, and that was just that was just what they had, and uh, and the Saints took advantage of it uh, over and over. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I felt bad for Tony Brown because I also feel like the team set him up to, to fail. 
a little bit here. That's not his strength being on the outside. He's been a special team Two guy. weeks in a row they've done that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And he's he's listed usually as the backup nickel guy. So he's supposed to be there if Kenny Moore gets hurt or needs a breather or whatever. They bring him in for a play or two. It's just not his thing. And he's definitely not an outside cornerback. Mm-hmm. You know, and just seeing him on Rashid Shaheed, who has world-class speed out there, trying to keep up with that guy. I know on the, the touchdown that Bradley said that um, – Rodney Thomas was supposed to have over-the-top responsibility, so he was supposed to have help on that. But still, you got a guy running past your corner for a 59-yard touchdown. It, it, it's funny. Driving in here today, I, I, I passed a couple of guys just out having a break outside. I don't know if it's, it's a motor vehicles building over here or whatever it is. Yep. And I thought about, you know, let's bring him in and have Dave take the day off, and let's just see how that guy does. Right. Because we know what Dave can do. That's, that, that's not quite the same. Hold on a second. I know. <laughs> but but it, to, 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 to put a guy in an NFL game because you just don't know what he can do, well, what, what it told you is they know what the rest of the guys can do. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I, I, I kind of thought you guys to say, guys, what do you want me to do? Well, I, obviously something else. And, and we just wonder why they don't. Go with Kenny outside. I didn't think they should, but now they're that hard up outside. Right. Go with he and Jalen Jones. And then mix and match at corner with, with Nick Cross, with Julian Blackman, somebody. Because mm-hmm. this isn't working. You know, we, we mentioned the, the turnovers against the Browns. Yes, they had, they had four, but they had three when it mattered because the one was at the end. But even with that, if they get moderate, moderate cornerback play, from Daryl Baker, they win. Mm-hmm. That the last drive doesn't happen, and, and last week the same thing. And it's you know it's like Matt mentioned, putting guys in position to fail. That's what teams are supposed to not to, to not do. Right. You know, no, no. You know, the old Clint Eastwood man's got to know his limitations. Well, mm-hmm. you don't put a guy out there, and, and those two players have really been under the microscope, but they shouldn't be. You know, I wrote about Monday as a lot of guys do. This is a Colts issue. It is. And they they didn't add, they've not added any corners mm-hmm. this week, right? Uh, they they elevated a guard. Is it Jack Anderson? I don't know. I, that's <laughs> my point. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I I kind of expect if there's a corner that starts, I think it's Daryl Baker because now we know what Tony Brown can do. But I I would go the other option and, and try to mess with with Nickel and leave Kenny and 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 the rookie out there. And, boy, look at the – what's so frustrating is you look at the season. This team, without a stretch, it should be 5-3. and three, And you've got Carolina and New England coming up. And, doggone, if you're playing remotely well, you know, look where you are. But look at the quarterbacks that are facing the rest of the season. You've got Joe Burrow, who's unquestionably top – Gosh, five right now. He's yeah, he, say, he's yeah. he's catching. He he he's he's really got it back. After that, the second best quarterback might be C.J. Stroud, or you know Kenny Pickett. I mean, what? It's, but that that's right. the point. So it's just frustrating that they've that they've put themselves in this position, and it's frustrating individually that these two guys who are primarily special teams players. Tony Brown had played. 10 snaps the last two years on defense, mm-hmm. one this year. Mm-hmm. So it, it's frustrating. I, I think the frustrating part comes that we've seen this 
We've seen this st- script before, just with different scenarios. It's been Chris Ballard has taken risks yearly, and th- and this happens with GMs. Like you can't have the fifty three, like the 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 ideal fifty three, right. and have no uh, no questions anywhere. But but the areas that we see that we talk about here on this podcast throughout the summer that we know that we can see, and we're not professional. Uh, front office members we're members of the media who have some knowledge we don't have the exact depth of knowledge that chris boward has when it comes to building a football team but we even we can see that having jacob eason to back up carson wentz is probably not a good idea even we can see that going into a year with this many young cornerbacks and so few veterans is probably not a good idea and we can see that the depth on the offensive line in previous years was not up to snuff and not going in with any veteran backups or any type of veteran to challenge a guy at left tackle last year for the starting job was probably not a good idea. And they have proven time and time again that all these places where Chris Ballard is taking risks have been too risky, have been there there are guys out there, there are corners out there, like you said right now, Chap, that they could go and sign a cornerback right now. They choose not to because for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, and and just, just the ways that we have predicted that things could go wrong, they have gone wrong. I don't need to have a background as a movie critic to know when a movie isn't very good. Right. I mean, my eyes tell me that. And it, it, it's just that the, pro, that, that the areas that they've taken risks on recently left tackle well you you miss on that and, and you're and and it paralyzes and your line everything and it right. did yeah it, and it did and, and right guard yeah but doggone it it's right guard left tackle it paralyzes your line and corner and one thing that this cornerback issue has done it's overshadowed how non-existent the pass rush has been mm-hmm. the lack of a pass rush the last i don't know month has just exacerbated. It's laid out these corners. You know, like I think DeForest Buckner today talked about, well, guys have gone with quicker drops and this, that, and the other. Yeah, but uh, other quarterbacks, I mean, other other defenses get to the guy. Right. And so it's, it's just not working. They went into the season with young and experienced corners outside of Kenny and a pass rush that they were, that they were hoping or expecting would be better. And – the last month or five weeks, that hasn't been. Yeah, I, I think that's important to bring up, Chap, is that the is the aspect of the pass rush. And you look at last week, you say, oh, DeForest Buckner got a strip sack, so that's good. But, like, what one play isn't enough. You, I think it was two hits on Derek Carr. Yep. yep two hits. Yep. You let him play seven on seven, he's going to beat you. Yeah, and, and he had, he's shown that in the past throughout his career. And and that's why the, the tail of the tape was last week to, to get pressure on him, to make him uncomfortable. And he was not. He was very comfortable back there. Uh, in the pocket, as uh, as he has been in the past here at Lucas Oil Stadium, unfortunately, and uh, this time leading the Saints to a victory instead. It was it, it was a painful watch. They, they need to they do need to get some better play on the defensive line, and I'm glad you brought that up, Chap, because I remember just a couple weeks ago, after the first three weeks, I was saying, "Hey, Quiddy Pay has a sack in these first three games. Each of the first three, he's one of only like six or seven guys to do it, and other guys that that names are up there are like Watt, T.J. Watt." And one uh, of the and Hunter, and yeah, yeah, some of those greatest the the great pass rushers in the NFL today, Micah Parsons. 
Quiddy Pay is up there with those guys. Well, Quiddy Pay hasn't done anything, anything for the past couple weeks uh, of reasonable substance toward See, getting the, after the passer. Yeah, that's because because I think he, he's I think he's a very solid edge end. Mm-hmm. Where he, but but that's not you know first of all he was a first round draft pick right. and, and I think they projected him to be more than because remember he didn't have a ton of sacks at Michigan. No. So you're projecting mm-hmm. that he would. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we've talked to him and you mentioned when we talked. He's Jabal Sherrod, which is great. Yeah. But you need you need a guy. You need a guy that's going to get the pass rush. And it's just wrong that DeForest Buckner is your pass rush. Mm-hmm. He's a great player, but you need edge pressure. Undeniably. And, and, and on top of that, Tyquan Lewis, who's been really good the last couple of years, hasn't been the same guy to this point. Mm-hmm. I got to believe both – you know, th- this is the second time he's coming back from what was a patella. Yeah. And – it, he he may not be back until next year, mm-hmm. as far as playing. And it, it just and you lose Eric Johnson, you know Grover Stewart. I understand, yes, but where's the edge pass rush? Yeah, it, it's not it's not present right now. And, and having that would 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 help a lot. Like you, you have these young corners, make it so the quarterback doesn't have the time to let him go fifty nine yards over the top on you and, and like everything works together. It well, obviously what was does. the last play? Fifty one yards, third and thirteen. Third and thirteen, yeah. and. It would have given you a chance. Mm-hmm. Now you still had to drive probably eighty yards, and you would have needed a two point conversion. But it would have given you a chance. And you know, as soon as that happens, it it's game over. Yeah. How much would you love to have Darius Rush right now? Which is weird. Like the guy that you drafted. They must have and... really, really missed on him. Yep. And, and He's playing for Pittsburgh now, I believe, is where is he, he is. on the active roster or practice squad? Active roster with okay. Pittsburgh because they had a chance to bring him back when, when all mm-hmm. this stuff started. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if, if it. If I think he was, was on the Chiefs practice squad at least. for Maybe some time. even when Juju went down, I'm not sure. That's that's just been like ten days ago. Yeah. But they had a chance to bring him back, and they uh, nah. I don't, we 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 saw enough. Yeah, we'll try. To, we'll try Tony. What was he? A, was he a fifth? Fifth round pick. Yeah. There there comes a point where like Tony Brown is valuable on special teams. Don't get me wrong, and and the, I think this last week has has just put him in in the limelight in a in a bad way so I, I want to include that as well that he like there's a reason he's on this team and it's four special teams but there's a reason that you need more cornerback help right there's now a reason too. he played 10 defensive snaps the in last two years, two years. exactly because he's not valuable on Is that, that side, and unfortunately the enduring image of tony brown for colts fans is him running yeah. after you know exactly Shahid right on those long passes it's not downing a putt inside the five yard line right. everybody forgets that and now it's just uh, him 10 yards behind the wide receiver who's just strolling into the end zone so um you, you feel for him in that way because he went out there and he he did his best but he's put in a position where like i could go out there and do my best that's not going to yeah, be yeah. very helpful they're still going to they're still going to burn you for a 50 yeah, well, touchdown yeah they'll do probably, much probably more. worse than they I, burn I, Tony I think, Brown. Uh, probably worse yes no no doubt about it so uh, so right now we'll, we'll see what they do would love to see them try something different would love to see them try to put julian blackman in the nickel and bring in nick cross because if you want to get nick cross some more snaps at safety like this is a way to do it he's a guy you drafted in the third round apparently you still think pretty highly of him but he's just he's just not playing at all so uh, so we're, we're in that position right now with the Colts secondary to, to say that, hey, let, let's move everyone around because there's, there's really no one else to, to put in the, uh, in the, in the position that, that they should be in. And that's normally the worst thing to do. Yeah, it, you're right. It, and I understand that when they didn't want to move Kenny, well, then you're messing with two. It's like, like you know, the old thing about putting Quentin at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Well, then, then you're messing with two positions and you're right. probably weakening yeah. certainly guard. Right. But – it goes back to the the definition of insanity. Mm-hmm. 
quit doing the same thing right. and expecting different results because it's not working. No. And at least you've got you've got quite a bit of, of, of track record with Nick Cross. And again, you've got some quarterbacks coming up that if these guys throw for 300 yards against you, then somebody's job is in trouble. Yeah. Well, well, let's look at the offensive side of the ball because I brought up the Jonathan Taylor issue. I think we've uh, we've beaten the cornerback situation yeah, to, to, to yes. death, at least for this week. <laughs> uh, who, who, I'm, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, who, who knows what There's we do There's always next week. another week. Uh, exactly, yeah. Well, we'll save some, some meat on the bone for next week. But, but Jonathan Taylor in the first quarter was absolutely stellar against the Saints. And the Colts get off to a 17-7 to lead, as I said. Things well, are looking good. It's easy to forget that. It's, for, it's easy to forget 17-7. Exactly. Uh, yeah, um, and and then just get outscored twenty-eight to three uh, on a big Saints run before they uh, get a little bit later. Uh, the Colts do late in the game, so it was it was just it was puzzling to see the offense do what it did, chap, after the success it had with Jonathan Taylor early in this game. I mean, Zach Moss had a couple good runs. Don't get me wrong. But we've said it before. There's a reason you paid Jonathan Taylor $14 million because he's a different running back. And if you want to keep pace with even keep pace with a high powered offense like we saw or even come back against a high powered offense, you need to get your best, most explosive players the ball. And Jonathan Taylor was riding the bench for so much of that second half. He had what four carries in the second quarter for 12 yards of my college education serves me. But then second second half, he had one. For one. One First carry. play of the third quarter. Say it was the first play of the second half, yep. right? Right. One yeah. touch. And I, I, will, I will grant them that the third quarter inefficiency contributed to that. Because there was, after the one-yard run, there was a false start. And before you know it, it's third and 14. You don't convert. And then the next series, you're... I think they were, I think they were three and outs the next series. And then you had the long drive with Zach Moss. Uh, where he had like five carries in a row. One of them was a 41-yarder. And then Minshew throws that god-awful interception. Uh, But like one thing that Shane Steichen mentioned is, you know, tempo. We didn't didn't want to get uh, Moss out of there because we were going tempo on the interception drive. And then he said sometimes they were down two scores in the the fourth quarter. They were down two scores for like three minutes Mm -hmm. because as soon as a – they, they the Saints went up two scores. The Colts, you know, drove for a touchdown. So right. it's just I, I, I'm going to say it, it was a one off. It was just one of those strange games where you look back and think, man, it was like the uh, Tampa Bay game. Was it in 21 when when, when Frank well when when Wentz dropped back 26 straight times? Mm-hmm. Frank indicated that there were some runs in there, and Wentz said, "Nah, I think I threw it." Mm-hmm. But 26 straight, and they closed this game with 19 straight dropbacks. Yep. Which when you've got, yes, JT, but Moss even even Moss, but you you showed what your you you how you value Jonathan Taylor with the forty two million dollar extension, right? To to not to not use him more. I understand. I understand Moss, but it was just strange. I, I want to say it was a one off, but let's see how it is moving forward. I think this is at the very least it's a learning experience for Shane Steichen. Agreed. It has to be. Because yeah, he, you you get in the in the zone of calling plays, 
And that might not be something that even crosses your mind. All you're thinking of strategy and you're thinking of like uh, a scheme and you're not thinking exactly of personnel at that point. And but, but that's what your position coach is doing. Right. DeAndre Smith needs to say, yeah, we need to get JT more or some, somebody. Yes. You know, in the 2000, in the 21 game, Quentin Nelson went up to Frank right. Track and said, uh, hey, can we, we call, call a straight run? Can we call a straight run? Forget the RPO stuff. Right. He said, JT's hungry. And they went on a long drive with, with Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing that, that I wrote about, and I have almost resigned myself to the fact is this is not going to be Jonathan Taylor heavy offense the rest of the way. I just, I, I, they, they've, they've convinced me of it. It's going to be 60-40, the run game. Uh, and part of it is, when we talked to Ursay after the extension, he said, well, he said, you know, sort of we're looking to have Jonathan Taylor have less carries the rest of his career to sort of extend his career. Mm-hmm. Now, one carry the second half is, you know. A little bit too t- less. T- take, take that's taking, load, <laughs> that's taking, <laughs> that's taking load management to the extreme. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just think the rest of the season, I think we're going to see, I don't know what the breakoff's going to be, 18 for Taylor and 10 for, for Moss. I don't know. But this is not going to be, well, JT needs a breather. Let's put Moss in there for a series. I just don't think that's going to happen. And I wonder how the way this season is progressing plays into that. If the playoffs aren't in the picture, and, and they still are because the AFC is sort of muddled mm-hmm. once you get past the first three or four teams, maybe they're not going to. Maybe they don't see a value of having Taylor carry twenty times a game for a team that's not going to make the playoffs uh, and have him fresh next year. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the difference between 20 carries and 15 over the course of a season isn't that much on the wear and tear of a body. I don't know. But I just don't think they're getting away from Moss. He's Again, he's second in the league in rushing, right. which is incredible. Consider and He missed a game. If he plays the opener, first they might win. Yeah, they might have won. They might have won it. But he's probably got more yards than McCaffrey does. But I just I just think they value – they really, really value Moss. And it's not to say they don't value Taylor. They do. I mean, because he, he is the guy. He's still mm-hmm. top five. Yeah. He, he just is. But I just don't think with the way that Moss is playing that they're going to go – 80% Taylor. I just don't. They, maybe they'll show me different, but I, I you know, and this is a great week to find out because I look, you've got, I'm sure you've got on here. Carolina's run defense is awful. Mm-hmm. It's like 28 or 29. So, but I, I, I'm convinced they're going to go this tag team route unless injury interrupts it. And that's like, they, they showed before that they, they had Naheem, Naheem Hines was valuable too, and they gave him plenty of carries, plenty of touches. It, it, he's a different back, obviously, than Zach Moss is, but. Um, if they have value in two running backs, they're they're going to use it. Like coaches will do that. And and, and again, Shane Steichen doesn't have history with JT. True. I mean, I mean he, he's still he's still learning how to use him. He's had more he's had more hands on experience with Zach Moss mm-hmm. from the off season and and the first part of the season. So I understand that. So I, I'm really curious how this thing because you cannot you cannot put this offense in the hands of Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that rubs his family the wrong way, I'm, I'm sorry, but he, he's, he's good when things are on schedule, I guess. And the, the stat that, I, that jumped out at me when I was looking at this was he's 1-10 when he throws 40 passes in a game. Not 50. 40. 40 is kind of like a normal 
load for a quarterback and it just it just when when he gets out of his 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 comfort zone I guess bad things can happen and boy when you got a running game I think the offensive line's playing pretty well I really do you know they give up sacks yeah everybody gives up sacks but I think by and large they're playing well lean on your running game even if that's two guys and I think that's what they need to do and that's what they probably will do yeah that's what the uh, the stats would say they should do certainly this weekend as the Colts take on the Carolina Panthers the one in six Panthers just got their first win of the uh, of the season this past week Frank Reich's first win in uh, in Carolina head coach very familiar obviously to folks here in Indianapolis and plenty of the guys in the locker room um, and uh, plenty of um, uh, intrigue uh, I'm gonna I'm, we'll, we'll go somewhere else before we get into um, this uh, the, the game preview really for this week but uh, the in the locker room today speaking with Shaquille Leonard is is where I'm headed good transition guys. yes exactly it wasn't the best transition no, but, 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 no, but, but you, it, it's it's important to talk about yes and he's uh, also a guy who played for Ryan. Indeed. There so you go. Now, There's your segue, Shaquille right? Shaquille Leonard. <laughs> so y- you knew what you were doing. I did, the the entire time. Just Matt finally helped me uh, take it out uh, <laughs> of the of the gullet there. But anyway, Shaquille Leonard uh, has been, uh, all this season, obviously working his way up, or allegedly working his way up to a uh, more of a full-time role. But for the first time in the locker room today, he appeared, I will say he appeared, Frustrated, very frustrated, and, and more than just the base level frustration of wanting to be out there and, and just not being out there. More than that, um, you can go go online to Twitter at Dave G underscore Sports. I tweeted out the exchange uh, that I that we're about to kind of break down a bit. So if you want to hear it in its entirety, there uh, with all the context, um, it, it's there for you. But anyway, I asked Shaq. I was like, Hey, it's November. November's the month that they said you were supposed to be working toward being full go. Uh, do, do you think you're there? And he said, uh, to some extent, um, well, I think I'm there, but they don't think I'm there. Uh, they don't think that uh, I'm making enough splash plays. Um, and so my usage will probably be the same or maybe worse. And so, so that's where we are with Shaquille Leonard right now. He is obviously at a point where he is frustrated with how he's being used. He feels like he is ready to go full speed. Um, it's not that he's mad at EJ Speed or at Zaire Franklin. Doesn't seem doesn't give off those vibes to me at all. But he is not happy with how the coaches are using him and feeling that if he's not making enough splash plays, he should still be sitting out. My, my thought is, first of all, that he should be out there on third downs because those are the plays that the offense is straining a little bit more and they, they're more apt to make mistakes. And if you're going to have Shaq on the field, uh, like that's the time to do it. He's shown in the past his penchant for making those types of plays, but it was also a different type of system. And he talked a little bit about the system too um, that, that he's currently in and how he's kind of used to funnel action towards Zaire or funnel it toward the safeties. So his role is different than it was under, under Matt Eberflus a couple years ago. Um, so it's, difficult more difficult for him to to make those splash plays um chap this was as interesting as Shaq has been really all season and uh giving us some insight into how he truly feels and this is just something that like he says that it's not a mental thing anymore like at the beginning he was like mental can I make it back and all that he's always been very open with his like his mental uh his questions about his ability returning from this very devastating injury that he had 
Um, but but now it's not a question of, of mentality for him. Like he is very confident in himself. He's confident in, in his ability that he is he's feeling good. But the coaches and, and him are, are not on the same page right now. Well, and the, and, and, and the coaches determine exactly who does what. It, it, it's kind of apparent that he sort of has the same feeling that like Kenny Moore had last year. Because this is really Shaq's first year in uh, in Gus's defense. I mean, last year was just a yeah, it, a lost it, season. Yeah, it, it doesn't count. So, yeah. I remember Kenny was really he he was he Shaq and Kenny were 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 pillars of Eberflus's defense. They were he, the, those those two, and then uh, uh, Buck in the middle, that triangle that that, that Flus always had. And now it's it's from a linebacker standpoint. Bradley's defense shines a light on uh, Zaire, mm-hmm. and he's he's thriving in it. So I I don't know how this is resolved this year. Uh, it, it, you know, Gus did mention well November is when we kind of targeted, and of course Shaq says well you know I was ready before then, and there's obviously not a meeting in the minds. But do they change the problem with 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 putting like the three linebackers on the field is, you know, one of them's going to be in in coverage. And if they lock up a receiver on your linebacker, you're screwed. Yep, you're 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 done. So they need extra bodies on the back end. Is the problem. And from a coaching standpoint, it's really like a chicken or egg. They they know what EJ speed first of all, is not coming off the field. It took a a twinge in his knee to come off for like three plays. Right, and then it was what uh, Alubi went in. Mm-hmm. But but. It, it's obvious they want EJ Speed on the field, and he's made plays. He has. He just has. Yep. And but with Shaq, it, it's like, well, you need to make more splash plays. Well, then put me out in in splash play possibilities. Right. You know, now first and second down is more fump, forced fumbles type mm-hmm. of thing. Well, mm-hmm. third down is it's it's when stuff happens. You yeah. know, with, with tip balls and interceptions. You remember, he got the interception last year on a tip ball. Mm-hmm. When he could barely play, mm-hmm. so I don't I don't know how this goes. Uh, I did look, and we talked about before we started the podcast. Is he signed? Was it a five year, ninety eight million dollar extension? Mm-hmm. And next year he counts twenty million against the cap. That's the final year of his deal. No, no, it's not the final. No, year. It's, it's got one or two more. Two years. more years. It was a five year extension, okay. so it was five. But okay, if you if you. At the very least, I think they try to rework the contract, which in this case probably means take a pay cut. Right. Sometimes that doesn't happen, but I think. But if you just say no, it's not going to work. And the worst case scenario for Shaq is they cut him, and the team saves. I believe it's it's twelve million dollars against the cap, and he can he counts eight million against the cap. Teams count gads more than that, and right. they, and they live with it. So. It'll be a very if it gets to that, Shaq. I said if it gets to that, it'll be a very awkward discussion. More awkward than hey, Jonathan, we're not going to give you an extension this year until you know we did. Right. So I don't know. It, it's they're not going to they're they're not going to pay twenty million dollars in cap. I think it's thirteen million dollar base on a facilitator to, that that eases that he that funnels things to other players. Right. So we'll we'll see, and uh, but th- yeah, like I, I wasn't there today, and but I, I heard what you posted and saw. That's has that's as open and frustrated 
as we've seen since maybe last year when things just didn't come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen him open before and honest, but not not like this about his role, about specifically thinking that he's somewhere and the team thinking that he's not. And this, just to not, not put words in his mouth, but he, he's like so almost all these players, they're the ultimate competitors. It, you know, it, it was like Pitt going off yeah, after the Cleveland similar, game. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it comes out as, I want more. I need more. Well, part of it is I can help us win mm-hmm. if you let me do more. So it, it, it comes off self-serving, but at the same time, these players are wired that I can do more to help us win these close games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know that that's going to be the case moving forward. I'm sure that that's that all, like that Matt is is killing him too. Because like I said, that right as we started off this podcast, last three weeks the Colts have given up 37, 39, 38 points. He feels like he is healthier than the coaches feel. He feels like he can do more, and he's just sitting on the sideline watching these plays happen and is unable to do anything from him about him. And, and the, the odd thing about it is last week he had 11 tackles, mm-hmm. which I, I think that was probably his season high. I think that's most this year, yeah. And I couldn't tell you that he was in on any plays, and, and that's very odd for, for Shaq, what we have seen in the past. Right, so. you are correct, completely. And, and that's – but again, I go back to the the, the, the less playing time. It's not like Zaire's playing bad nope. or EJ Speed is playing bad. Nope. When they go now, when they go three linebackers, sure. But when they go to two, they they just believe and with their eyes, the coaching staff that their two best options are the two guys on the field. And it's just too bad that Shaq can't play corner. I was just going to say <laughs> the same thing, Shaq. It, it, it's a positional thing, and. Talking to Stephen Holder the other day, he 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 stuck stuck around and talked to Shaq for something. Shaq's playing at about two fifteen, two twelve. That's incredible. That's really light for a linebacker. That, that, that's almost safety ish. Yeah, you know, big safety ish. But uh, it, it's interesting. Not and, Ron Landry safety ish. That's like two thirty. <laughs> Hulk, Sorry, Hulkish. I, I couldn't resist. You know, all of a sudden <laughs> that, that picture's in my mind now. And so thanks a lot. But, yeah, it, it's just a really strange dynamic to where they're getting really good play from the top two linebackers. And, and I have to agree, the, the 11 tackles, I thought, no, oh, really. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, and, and that's that's not him. That's that's never – there are times he had 15, 16, thought, yeah, boy, was this play here, that play there. And I think he's got two tackles for losses, I think, mm-hmm. on this year. I don't know if the team considers those splash plays, I, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Normally it's a takeaway type of thing, but – this is going to be interesting. Uh, this is two weeks in a row we've had a player uh, what not happy with their role. Right. One was game Pacific, and one is season Pacific. You know, mm-hmm. mid-season Pacific. So this bears monitoring. Yep, and we will monitor as the season goes. So we along. do. We monitor. Exactly. You got two weeks until the buy. Buy if you're right now. Buy can't come soon enough. But uh, still two important games until the bye. The first one uh, will be the Carolina Panthers this weekend in Charlotte. A 4 o'clock kickoff. Wow, how about 4-0-5. that? 4.05. Yeah. Not wow. prime time, yeah. but this is about as good as it gets. Exactly. Colts are uh, last place in the AFC South, and the Panthers are the last place in the NFC South. The battle of the cellar dwellers in the Southern Divisions. Panthers got their first win of the season, though, last week, taking on the uh, Houston Texans. So, uh, yeah, at least the Colts don't have uh, that to check off their list. That's a good thing. Um, the last meeting between the Colts and Panthers came back in 2019, four years ago, when uh, Jacoby Brissett led the Colts to a blowout 
of Carolina, 38-6. to six. Was that the Naheem Hines game? It, it was. was. The Naheem Hines punt return game is the last game of the regular season there that they got. Uh, two punt returns. Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins each rushed for 80 yards or more. How about that? I don't, I don't think Jacoby cracked 120 yards passing either. Probably didn't. Probably didn't shouldn't have. Exactly. Give it to the big boys behind the line and, and let them run. Uh, Carolina, though, is 5-2 and two all time in this series. Uh, although both the Colts' wins uh, in this series have been blowouts. So uh, joined by that one in 2019. Back in 07, they won 31-7. Uh, to 7. So if we look at the tail of the tape between these two teams, Panthers are only scoring 18 points per game. That's 25th in the NFL. Colts still up at 6th in the league with 25.6 points per game. You can say this. They're scoring points, even if they're giving up points. Only team with eight games. O- yep. Only team with at least 20 in every game. It's pretty good. That that's the th- the thing, you know. And uh, I'm obsessed, as you guys know, with the big plays. You, the, the, the Colts. Yes. You know, are they, they top five? Had, they're like top five in the league. They are. I mean, it it doesn't make any sense to me because it tells me that while they have definitely struggled, there have been some clock management stuff and and things like that, and some Jonathan Taylor usage stuff. Steichen. Offensively, man, he's got a really sharp mind. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And like it goes to show you, I think, over this, this recent stretch of three losses, A, how important turnovers are in a game. You can be one of the best offenses in the NFL, but if you turn the ball over, Does not you matter. are in trouble, man. You are in big, big trouble. And uh, number two, um, uh, from, from this, I forget what number two is, so we're just going to go with number one. But again, with the turnovers, I mean, the Eagles one of the, one of their losses this year. Are they have they lost twice? To the Jets? Or? No, there's only once. Four turnovers. Yep. So it's it's just you know this this is like duh, you know. So that, that's why I say don't put too much on the quarterback. Take care of the ball because all the things they've done on offense, it sort of reaffirms what everybody w- was saying about Steichen is that he's going to be a very brilliant offensive mind. Mm-hmm. Now, I think he's, like you said, he's got some learning on the job to do with game management, and, and he'd be the first to admit that. That's every coach, some of the veteran coaches uh, ha- have issues, but they've done this with with a change of quarterback, with their right tackle, probably going to miss his fourth game, with Jonathan Taylor not here for a month, in all of this, so in with Josh Downs sort of being a rookie learning on the run, so it's very, very impressive and encouraging. That's what's so frustrating is that the complementary pieces, complementary defense, because special teams have been pretty good. I mean, I, I've got no the returns have been in, and there have been a couple of leaks on 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 returns, but Matt Gay's been good, very good, but very to me, very few issues with the offense again Bernard Ryman missed two games Mm -hmm. with the concussion I think it was so yeah not a lot of issues there Gosh darn! Get, get this. Get the defense fixed. Yeah, the Colts are ninth in rushing yards uh, per game on offense, thirteenth in passing yards per game on offense. So in the that's top a, half, that surprises of the league. me. Yeah, the passing yards. Yeah. Well, they've, they've gotten some uh, some mop up time, and Gardner gets three hundred so yards. He had a couple of back back to back three hundred yard games because he's throwing forty five times a yeah. game. Yeah, exactly. So if, if you one uh, game you threw fifty one. Yeah, crack enough eggs, you'll get an omelet, so to speak. Uh, the Panthers are twenty fourth in the NFL in both passing yards and rushing yards. In fact. Uh, down at 90 yards rushing per game, uh, less than 200 yards passing per game, 194 sitting out there. Um, points allowed on defense, the Panthers are giving up 28.4. The Colts are giving up 28.6. 
So, Sounds like an over bet to me. Darn right. Take the over. Colts are dead last in the that, league. That means this is a 9-6 game. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, this like is, the Cleveland game, right? Yeah, that's what, that, what, what we're all expecting, yeah. So, so that, yeah, don't, 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 don't bet based on our information, or, or at least don't complain to us afterwards when you lose, because you assuredly will. Um, let's see. Uh, total defensive yards. Panthers are 12th in the league. Colts are 28th. They're giving up quite a few yards to their opponents. Passing defense. Colts are among, I mean, the Panthers are among the league's best. Uh, only sixth in the NFL in passing yards per game, but it's probably because other teams People run, are going run to run against right. them. They are uh, 29th in the league, third to last in rushing yards given up per game with nearly 140 rushing yards per game. That is a whole lot on the ground, allowing 4.7 yards per carry, too. That is a whole lot per carry. Colts are 25th in the league in pass defense, 23rd in the league in rush defense, but only giving up 3.9 yards per carry. So uh, that's a that's a decent number, at least, if you're hovering around four there. Turnovers, Panthers are uh, uh, minus two in the turnover margin on the season, and the Colts are also minus two on turnover margin for the season. So very, uh, very similar uh, in those two veins. When you talk about the Panthers, you talk about Bryce Young, the number one overall pick, went to Carolina this year and has – has not looked great so far throughout this first half of his first NFL season. To be fair, he doesn't have a lot of weapons around him to do anything with. You got Adam Thielen and what? And and who? And uh, and a whole lot of nobody else. He's been sacked 22 times in his games. Uh, backup Andy Dalton started week three for them. So uh, there's one game that he didn't play. But seven touchdowns, four interceptions for Bryce Young this year. He's completing 64% of his passes, which is... Yeah, it's it's right there. It's like yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. He's like oh, whatever. And uh, thrown for twelve hundred yards. So um, Bryce Young is is a guy that there's there's questions about him coming into the league about his size, about his durability. Hasn't like gotten any said, bigger, has he? What hasn't got? He's, he's still the same size, right? He's still the same size. Okay, has okay. not grown an inch. Um, has not gained significant poundage, at least. I thought it was crazy at the combine. The the big thing is he he spent like a month putting on weight. He wasn't any taller, but he was heavier, so he could, you know, he could handle the pounding. And I'm sure it was weight they put on, and then he took it off mm-hmm. when the combine was over. Came right off. Exactly. That's the problem. If you're not, um, like if that's can, not, if that's not your playing weight, no. it's a big deal. You can lift and bulk all you want in the off season. Once you get to playing football every week, you're not gonna, you're not gonna stay at that weight. It's just not gonna happen. Um, at running back, it's a, a couple of different players that have been uh, carrying the rock. Uh, Chubba Hubbard has 69 carries. That's the most out of any player, 270 yards. Uh, also 14 catches, 85 yards. Miles Sanders, they signed him from... I'd forgotten that. Right? From Philly. From Philly. And he's not had a no. real great season for them at all. Had a bad season, in fact, only averaging three yards per carry. And uh, he does have 15 more catches for 81 yards, too. But uh, you, you, with the money that they paid him, I think it was like $7 million a year they paid him, you would expect a, a whole lot more right. out of him. And that's... I mean, that's why Philly, like, the, the stat this offseason was Philly signed, like, three or four different running backs for less than that $7 million. And, and now like, that, that's, that's why they did that, because they got DeAndre Swift, who's doing really well for them. Unless you've got a guy, I yeah. mean, a, a running back that's right. really good. Yep. You just get, no. go by with what yeah. you can get. And the Panthers were hoping that Miles Sanders could take the next step, being, like, completely set free by himself, being the main guy. But right. he, they even saw that he can't be the main guy, and Chubba Hubbard has more, more carries than him so far this year. Um, alongside Adam Thielen, who has 57 catches, by far and away the most on the What's team. Pitt got 50? Yeah, Pitt's got 50. Right around okay. that range, yeah. Uh, DJ Chark has 15 catches. Jonathan Mingo has 19 catches. 
They have tight ends uh, Hayden Hurst and Tommy Tremble uh, there. They have 17 explosive plays, as Matt points out here, as to the 39 by the Colts. So this is not an explosive offense by any stretch of the imagination. Until Sunday. Yeah, right. And until Sunday. That, that's that's how you think of it, Matt. Good job. This is, uh, a, this is they, a coming if, out party. If this defense gives up 30 again. To Bryce Young. To, exactly. So, uh, again, I... We, we go back to the same things. Just take care of your business. I don't care if it's ugly or whatever, but th- these are games, even with where you are, you should win. Yeah. You need to win. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so Frust- I- I'm as frustrated as Shaq is. <laughs> we, we, we get that. And I, I don't know about that because he's pretty daggum frustrated. But, uh, yeah, but he goes home to $20 million a year. I don't. Exactly. Yeah. So, you so know, that, that, he's got that parachute to, to glide home on. Right. It's a nice soft landing for him once he gets home. Uh, for, for you, you're, you're, out, you're out laying mulch. I'm going today and I'm mulching <laughs> the yard. So, good Lord. Uh, let's see here. Um, more notes that we have. Blah, blah, blah. Panthers defense. Uh, leading tacklers. Frankie uh, Luvu has 51 tackles on the year. He's their leading tackler. Their defensive tackle, Derek Brown, second most with 35. C.J. Henderson in corner has 34 as well. Uh, Brian Burns as a uh, rush linebacker is a pretty good player. Only has five sacks this year, which is, I mean, it's not bad. You're there was talk that they were going to move him, or there was interest in teams to, to take him from them right. since they they're were, going nowhere. Exactly. There was some thought, but that did not happen. Um, Brian Burns has been a 10-plus sack-a-year guy uh, over the past couple years for Carolina, and he's on pace for that again, but has not been uh, dynamic, um, like crazy dynamic at least in, in that sense. We'll see if uh, the Panthers put him on the uh, right side of the Colts' offensive line and try to test him against uh, – against uh blake freeland because it appears blake freeland might be uh the uh, offensive tackle at right tackle for the colts again this week because braden smith is still not practicing with his hip and wrist injuries so this will be three weeks four weeks yeah th- i think it might be four it's at least three um but you're getting to that point i was thinking this week about IR. Like, yeah, exactly they put him on IR. exactly so so if if it comes to this point, that means the injury is lingering, obviously, longer than the team thought. If they thought it was going to be four weeks, he'd have been on IR. Right. So totally. let, let's, yeah. let's point that out. So, yes, it's – it's, and, and we don't know whether it's the hip or the wrist. Right. They keep putting both. Right. So we don't know there. which one. Maybe, maybe it's both. But that's why I, I, we've sort of – again, he didn't practice today. The guys who were watching practice, Kevin Bowen and Joel and those mm-hmm. guys uh, – Braden didn't practice. Uh, Juju didn't practice. Zaire's not practicing. He's got that knee that taking it easy. He'll play. I think unless you see Bone, he'll play. Uh, The one I want to see that I haven't seen yet is whether Cotton Granson practices. Right. He would have been full yesterday. Wasn't yesterday a walkthrough? Yes. Yes. If if we had to practice this guy, so I that's important that he's full again so you can pass through uh, protocol. So they're they're sort of. No, 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 that, no, I was wrong. They're not sort of healthy because you're missing your starting corner. You're, you're starting a starting quarterback. You're starting quarterback. He's he's in my past mind. Right. You're starting right tackle. But you're right tackle. Yeah. That, that's that's significant. Yeah. So, uh, but still, I think Blake Blake Friedman's played better. Mm-hmm. He's settling in. He still needs to be your swing tackle. Yeah. He just does. Yeah. But uh, I mean, he's not going to replace either of the two guys you no, have out there. No. 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 I, I think Bernie's kind of really. He's doing pretty well. He's doing pretty well. I mean, pretty well. he he because again, these guys get beat. It's just crazy when when sometimes we we are fans are so critical. Well, they didn't do as well. Look around the league. Yeah, there are some bad offensive lines mm-hmm. and bad offensive linemen. 
So, but but I think they they, they they've been been able to plug in well enough to where they're still they're still at to where they can they can win these games if they just quit doing dumb things. Well, the Panthers had quite the lengthy injury report on uh, Wednesday as it came out. Who did not practice? Fourteen, 14 players. Uh, wide receiver DJ Chark, Justin Houston. Our boy, Justin Houston, with the uh, hamstring injury, always a threat to record a safety uh, week in and week out. Tight end Hayden Hurst, uh, wide receiver Adam Thielen, was just a rest day on Wednesday. They need him to rest because they keep throwing him to the ball every uh, like every play on Sundays. So uh, he needs to take an extra day there in the middle of the week. Um, so, yeah, there, there we go. New- notables listed as limited include safety Von Bell. He's missed the last two games. Uh, but he's among the top tacklers for Carolina. Yep. Also linebackers, Frankie Louvu and Brian Burns listed as limited. Say the Panthers website just said Bell had, you know, returned to practice yeah. this week. So they, it sounds like they expect him to play and they okay. would really like to have him back because he's one of their better defensive players. You can follow us all on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for news and notes throughout the week, including injury updates from both the Colts and the Panthers as we near game time, which will be a one o'clock kickoff in the Indianapolis market broadcast on CBS 4. Four five. What's that? 405. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, we, we oh, said that right. earlier. Yeah. No, I, t- I mean, I do. You can I, tune in at one, exactly. but, you know, you'll have yeah. a you know three-hour another, wait. Another one there first. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I would have been right out there with you guys. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, just ready to go. Brain freeze. Yeah, totally. So, uh, anyway, uh, let's get to our uh, scores and predictions. First, first of all, we, yeah. we, we, we were going down that line, and we got distracted, as we normally do. We got Frank Reich again. Oh, yeah. Shoot. And, <laughs> yeah, and I pivoted away from that I, as I got I, to Shaq. I, off the top of my head, I think, that, is this just the second time they faced – a former coach. They've definitely faced Jim Caldwell that's, with the that's Lions. The one, that's the one I can think that's of. That's I'm thinking of, yeah. Uh, and well, they would have faced Smart Jabroda. In Baltimore, yes. Baltimore. Okay, Baltimore. yeah, there you go. That's I, I, Top of my head is sometimes it's, it's fu- well, that, fuzzy up there. That's been a couple decades, right. though. So. so, and again, he, he, he bore the brunt of all the angst last year for whatever the reasons, and some of it was out of his hands. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, one of the all-time all time good guys, all-time. Yep. And I thought people really got on him for play calling and all that. And I thought, when you got that offensive line like that, what are you supposed to call? Yeah. A punt on first down? So, but it might, might have been prettier. Yeah, well, that's without question. And and we talked to four or five players in the locker room. I'm telling you, those guys were Frank Wright guys. Mm-hmm. They were, whether it was DeForest, whether it was uh, Ryan Zaire, Kelly. Ryan Kelly. You know, he Kelly. talked about how he helped me through my tough times mm-hmm. with his personal issues. Right. So uh, we tried to get Frank on a Zoom call this week, and I think he declined. I think, and, and he probably should have, because I don't know how he would have answered the questions we would would have asked about what the heck happened last year right so I, I totally understand it but but again he's one of I've, I've known him since the 2000s the manning years when he was when he was here but uh i i did text him i said congratulations on the win you know but not this week <laughs> and he understands so you, you you hope the best for him because i i think there is getting to be a little heat in carolina i do yep I think and, that's fair, and which is which is odd because you just hired a guy, right? Uh, but but whether or not it was his choice at quarterback, I don't know. Whatever it is, but it's it's going to be an impatient owner, I think. So I hope he has success every week except like this week. Mm-hmm. Yep, he was he was nothing but a joy to deal with as as from from our perspective, just decent. He he knew we had a job to do, 
And for the most part, and there are things he wouldn't tell you or whatever, couldn't or wouldn't, but generally he would give you a very thoughtful answer about whatever you ask him. Mm-hmm. And that's not, not often what Shane Steichen does. Like, no, no disrespect, different, Shane. Different, exactly. Different guys, but exactly Completely. right. Yes, not not the deep and thoughtful and eloquent uh, answer. It's the, uh, the short. Ball. Uh, exactly, yeah. If, if it's not if it's not the NFL, if it's not football, he's not, not that interested in speaking about well, it. And sometimes when it is about the NFL, he's not it's all not interested, interested in, in speaking about it either. Now but, we will get right. to our predictions for the week. Thank you, Chap, for, for bringing that back in and mentioning, Frank, uh, before we uh, wrap things up here on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. The Colts are small favorites. In fact, visiting Carolina, a uh, minus two favorite over under at 44. So, uh, so they're expecting something along the lines of a 23-21 ball game there. In Carolina. Uh, God, let's not have it that close. I don't want to get into your prediction. Right? But let's not have a nail biter. No, that'd be great. Have a chap, you go first, Matt go second, and I'll wrap things up for us. I've got 24 16, good guys. I just, I just, th- this offense does sort of enough, but if this defense gives up what anywhere close to what it's been giving up, shame on them. The, the Panthers, you know, it's sometimes it's a small sample size. No, it's not. It's it's almost half the season, and they've not gotten things right. The quarterback, any rookie quarterback you want to get in his face, I hope this pass rush can find a way to do that. Don't let this rookie who has struggled and this offense who has struggled do damage, and then don't turn the ball over two or three times in 24-16. Yeah. All, all those things seem seem pretty simple. Just yeah, do this, do this. I'll, I'll go out and find me a bookie and put money down. There you go. Perfect. Matt, what do you think? Uh, you know, the Colts have been marginally better on the road this year. Uh, the two of their wins have come on One the road. One and four at home. And they've not been great at home. So yeah. I'm going to pick them. I'm going to go 34-24 in this 34-24, okay. I like that, too. Uh, both defenses give up a lot of points this year. Matt sees that continuing to happen. I definitely am taking the Colts this week. I, there, there's no reason for me to take the Panthers right now. I mean, they beat the, the, the Texans last week, but uh, but I, based on the whole body of work, I, I there's there's no reason to, to pick the Panthers. There's no reason to game. say this is a week they're going to get alive, even though right. – this Colts defense has been awful. Right. I, I will say I am glad that the Panthers are not going into this game 0-7. Exactly. Yeah, because definitely. they got they got off the schneid. They, they yeah. got their, their win. Mm-hmm. So it's not that target on the Colts' back this week. So we, we butt in. What's, what's, your, what's your score? I'm, I'm going with 27-13 uh, to 13 Colts this week. I, I think that they can handle things. I definitely think they're over 20 points again against this defense. And uh, I think the, the, the Colts' defense itself gets a little bit. It could be 27-17. But nah, we'll, we'll How go do you think the original. running back thing goes? I, I I think Jonathan Taylor uh, rushes for the 100 yards for the first time this year. He's got to get the ball. I still cannot believe that he didn't crack 100 yards last after week. being I, at 80 after one. <laughs> I, That's what I was thinking. I, like I was starting to think of that that old stat that we had: the Jonathan Taylor 100 yards equals a win, basically until like until it didn't. But just what it would have been like 10 and one or 13 and one, whatever it was. Like, I, and then all of a sudden, it was a completely irrelevant stat uh, as I was sitting there in the press box because he just never touched the ball again. There's no stat about what are they when they when he rushes for 95. Sure. Nobody cares. Or, or 82 yards in the first quarter. Uh, they're they're 0 and 1 when he rushes. I bet for exactly they're pretty good when yards. he rushes for 82 yards in the first quarter. Yeah, right. Seriously, if he gets that much. Well, but, although they'd be 0 and 1. Yeah, off the top it, of my specifically. Head. Yeah, yeah. So, so not maybe not as good as you would think. But uh, we uh, we appreciate you listening to the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Please subscribe. Get us delivered to your podcast listening device as soon as it drops every week. Uh, Uh, We will uh, see you after the Colts take on the Panthers this weekend and uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy some football and see you next week.